Good morning, hello, happy new year, happy new year. This is Travis with Oscar Mike Radio on location in parts, well, not unknown. I'm in Lakeville, Massachusetts at a place I've been before and uh, really have come to know and love. I'm at Ritzfield Martial Arts with uh, returning guest, Sean Schubert, who's the owner of Red Seal, and we're going to talk about a lot of cool stuff for the first podcast of Oscar Mike Radio for 2020. Sean, welcome back to Oscar Mike Radio. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Oh, no, man. Thanks for being here. Um, really, I think the, the first theme for this year is about investment and transition. And one of the things that I've noticed in the fight world, and I really didn't know about, about the fight world until I talked to you earlier, is you have to make an investment in yourself, just like you do in the military. And a lot of guys get out and they quit making that physical investment. So my point is, there's, there's, a, there's a mental transition out of the military and a physical transition out of the military. And you've worked with veterans, you've worked with vets. What do you think it is that we just kind of lose it when we get out? It, well, I'm really not sure because I've never served myself. Okay. Uh, but just being as active as I am and knowing the little bits and pieces I do know uh, about how the mind works is typically the guys that are going in and they have that high need for physical activity, that's, that's their DNA, that's their blueprint. So when they get out and there's no activities or no places for them to go, then it kind of just builds up, builds up, builds up. They have that need, that desire to get out and move sandbags and, and bang around and uh, maybe get physical and do some sparring and, and jiu-jitsu and wrestling or push the weights around or you know just get up and move because they have that such that active lifestyle but not just having that active lifestyle but, uh, but a desire to have that you know it's it's in them and if you're not aware of that mentally you don't you don't feed that you don't get out it's almost like you're just tightening that crank up so much that you know, now you have all this pent up energy and, and need to put it somewhere, but it gets displaced into into the wrong places sometimes. So for, for, for civilians or military though, you really feel, and from knowing you, is that physical exercise and activity is just as important as studying a book. Yeah, oh, 100%. 100%. And a lot of us, and myself included, for there for a while, kind of lost, I'm like, you know, I don't have to PT anymore. Screw it, I'm not going to PT anymore. I can eat whatever I want. I ate whatever I wanted. Sure. And one of the things I noticed about how you at Red Seal, you know, work your, your students and your classes and, and the people you train for fights, it's not just coming here, we're going to hit the bag. You, you have a, a methodology of we're going to address your, your mental mindset, your physical well-being, and also I want you, you know, eating right. Sure. It's truly a whole thing with you. I just kind of want to know if you'd under, you know, explain to me you know, how that works, how you approach training? Well, everybody trains on a different mindset, a different reason, a different whatever. And, and uh, again, knowing kind of the little bit that I do know about the psychology of it is you can see that some people are in here for a social aspect. Some people are in here to uh, have goals, set goals and, and conquer them, whether it's uh, in a physical fitness nature or in a whole gamut of I want to become a fighter or I want to uh, at least learn how to be comfortable enough in certain situations where I can throw my hands or you know um, even use it as uh, you know um, 
a, a mental place where they feel like, oh, I could do some kind of self-defense with the boxing and kickboxing and wrestling training that I can get here. Um, to kind of stress back on that other point that we were just talking about too is that even though you may have a high physical need when you're in a service or when you're in a fight camp or some kind of place where that physic physical fitness or that uh, discipline mindset or whatever it is to be able to eat right, train and do all the right things and have that discipline to stay on track. When you have somebody that can do that, even though they may like to do it to a higher degree than the normal person, when you force them down that road for so long, typically it boomerangs back. So when you do get out, you, you say, well, I just PT'd for the last eight years of my life or however long you served for or however long you were in boot camp for or however long you're in fight camp for. I, I deserve to have a rest or, you know what I'm, you know what I mean? That's what and I typically, was. typically, however long you stress that over your desired amount is how far back you boomerang. And sometimes, you know, you boomerang back tenfold. Yeah. You get what I mean? And that's where you kind of get stuck in these ruts. Um, so, you know, just getting back out and, and, and moving around kind of like kickstarts all that stuff back up again. Sure, sure, sure. And, and just for the folks here, you're not just some guy who open a gym and have people come and do classes. You're a pretty accomplished fighter yourself. I was curious if you'd kind of go into some of the things you've been involved recently. You just won a big award uh, for a big fight you had and you've competed for a very long time. I just wonder if you'd talk to us about that. Yeah, so uh, it, it does make me a little uncomfortable to kind of divulge and you know get into right. my own accolades. Uh, I will, um, but very humbly. Uh, I'm still uh, an amateur fighter. I'm looking to break into a professional career, but I have been fighting for the last 10 years. Uh, I started out in uh, karate when I was a little kid and started getting black belts and all that kind of stuff. And then uh, somewhere along the way, I realized that there was more to what I was doing. There's not some uh, hidden chi or some magic powers that if you'd kind of just d d uh, divulge yourself into one discipline or you know one school or one gym that you know they'll give you the answers or you know it's all this like mystical puzzle piecing together things and I, I knew there was more so I kind of went out on this uh, you know I'm gonna cage fight and I'm gonna I'm gonna really put these skills to the test and then you know going in there and testing that stuff realized well there's a lot of pieces missing so then I started boxing with different guys I started doing uh, jiu-jitsu and wrestling and all these different, you know, teachers would come in. Um, I still train with Tom Sotis privately, uh, the founder of Amok. He's a global knife fighter who trains bodyguards, police, military, uh, CIA, FBI, you name it. All those three-letter agencies that the government runs, uh, this guy's trained him, and he's a friend of mine. I go to his house, and we train in his garage privately for the last... I don't, I don't know, it's almost 10 years, eight, 10 years. Yeah. Um, I trained with another guy for the last six years, uh, Sean Graham, who is my current kickboxing coach. Uh, we've been covering the amateur circuit around here. Uh, there's pretty much nobody that I haven't fought and nobody that I won't fight. Uh, within uh, almost three weight classes I've been fighting in for the last four years, um, you know, I was getting beat up and taking my lumps along the way when uh, amateur cage fighting was around in Massachusetts. Um, 
you know, 10 years ago and... Now, what's, what's the difference between cage fighting and like a normal like ring back there? What's, what's the difference? Uh, I, I, there's tons of differences. Um, MMA is a full gamut of wrestling, jiu-jitsu, uh, all different grappling styles, all different stand-up styles, boxing, uh, shoot wrestling, you, you name it. Um, okay. Uh, I have since switched over to a Muay Thai background. Uh, like I said, I did karate when I was a little kid, so I had a big background in striking and I was getting beat up by guys that had better wrestling than me, better ground game than me when I was doing MMA. So I switched sports to a sport that's all striking and I started to flourish pretty well. I won the first ever um, North American uh, Northeast Championship for Lion Fights as an amateur. I won a couple of local kickboxing titles, Muay Thai titles. Um, I fought some of the best amateur guys in the area been on UFC Fight Pass up in New York for Friday Night Fights and um, you know I'm starting to look at making a professional deb debut so that I can kind of market my gym a little bit better and that's the transition that I'm looking to make is more of a fighter into a, a business person. So you, but you're a business owner now you open a gym and, and what I've learned is a very competitive space there's tons of gyms just in the South Shore area of Massachusetts and in Massachusetts in general. There's tons of gyms just in this building alone. It, it, well, exactly. Right. It's, it's amazing. There's a lot of, a, if you can't get fit here, you're not going to get fit anywhere. <laughs> so you open a gym in a crowded space. What differentiates Red Seal from someone else? Or just, because here's the thing that I notice is I can go to a, a karate place and I'm instantly told in, you know, Two years, you'll be a black belt, and you'll, you, you, you'll, it's kind of like a video game. You go from belt stage to belt stage, and I've never gotten that impression from you. It's, it's like you want your, your um, students and your competitors to be proficient before they even step foot in the ring. So I just kind of wanted if, if you kind of flush out what, what your methodology and your focus is. Sure. We use uh, a system that was developed by Tom Sotis. Again, one of my mentors and very close uh, instructors, and he used his system to to develop knife work and flesh out uh, all of his knife skills from the Filipino martial arts. And what I did was kind of take his method and put it into this kickboxing idea, where it's just a blanketed method where you're you're we're learning a system of where you are, what's happening in those places and then you can learn moves that go there. You have natural abilities, the next guy has natural abilities, so when you tell him, hey, get in there and spar around a little bit, start to kinda you know, look for targets to acquire, look for ways to hit them, different strikes, and become functional. And you start to see that a lot of guys and girls, they pull these things together on a natural instinct of, I've watched fighting before, it's on YouTube, it's on cable TV, uh, it's in your DNA to some extent where, you know, you were fighting for survival and, you know, it's, it's not going to leave your body just because we're in a culture, in a society that, you know, we don't, we're not going out like barbarians anymore and just beating each other for, you know, steaks and whatever we want, you know what I mean? Uh, you know. So are, are you saying like you have, like we're polar opposites, <laughs> 
build wise guys, but you're saying that if there were two students, one like me and one say like you in, in, in your class, you would look at you know person A and say, okay, they can do these things intrinsically well. This guy can do his things well. I'm gonna I'm going to focus on what they can do well and then work on their weaknesses. Is that what I'm understanding? Well, I I'd let them know, hey, look, man, these are the things that you're doing well naturally. Okay. And just keep doing those and keep polishing them up, but you already do them well. Here's the things that you may be missing or you may want to work on, and it might be different for those two people, but it might be the same. So there are some things that I could look at you both and say, hey, look, both these guys are doing some of the same things incorrectly and we could focus both you guys on that and it doesn't matter you build your size whatever because the human body still works the same way okay right the 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 human design is still the same right my head turns this way and that way and up and down and yours does the same way right just because when i punch you yours turns a little bit and when you punch me mine turns a lot but you punch me the mechanics are still the same right so you know uh if all things were being equal, it would be the same mechanics and it would be the same gotcha. principles that we would apply no matter what size you are. And depending on the difference between the size in us, I might be able to handle some of the stuff that you're throwing at me just because my techniques are good. Gotcha, gotcha. So you have this system now, now when, when you have somebody come in who's, who's fresh off the street and they start applying this, there has to be an aspect where they've got to own their own progress, right? You're yeah, not- I tell a lot of people that coming here is like going to college. It's not like being in high school where you're going to sit down in a class and someone's going to give you a directive every little step of the way. You're expected to come in here and especially the guys that are in the fighting realm of things. I tell them, hey, listen, man, your class starts at 7 o'clock. Be in here at 6 or 6.30 and start doing a workout and start getting warmed up. Because when it's 7 o'clock, we're going to start fighting. And I'm not going to put push-ups and jumping jacks into your hour that you're coming here to learn how to spar or get better at fighting or having that fight experience, right? Doing things that you could do at your own house. Okay. You can do push-ups at home. Go do them. You can run at home. Go run. You can come here early and work out. Come here and use the equipment. There's plenty of bags, there's plenty of weights, there's plenty of space for everybody. So I run it more like a college mentality of like, hey, listen, here's your syllabus, here's the stuff you're gonna learn. There's no, look, the guy that comes in as a white belt, right? He gets put in this box. Here's the moves you're allowed to learn and here's the material you're allowed to work on. What if he's already good at some of those moves? Why would he need to work on them? What if he needs to work on other things that he doesn't get till he's a blue belt or a green belt okay, or a brown okay. belt, right? He, you don't get to have that stuff. You don't get all the magic secrets till you're a black belt at the end. Doesn't the guy in the very beginning need more secrets than the guy that's been there for five years? True, true, true. Right? So why wouldn't I give that guy all the things he could have up front and say, hey, look, dude, here's all the things. Here's all the moves. Here's the best way to put and Here's the best way to think about it. Because you can't think of all these moves, right? That's like shaking up a snow globe and going, hey, all these things that are floating down, that's your moves. Go try and do one on this guy. He's been fighting so, first. So you want to you get people the options. I break it down like this. But, Here's your strategy. 
here are your tactics, and all sprinkled through those tactical places, there are hundreds of technical moves that you could make. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because one of the things that kind of irritates me why I've kind of shot away from ever, you know, getting back into martial arts at the Marine Corps was, you stand in, in, a, in a typical class in a line and you do these kicks and punches as if you are got somebody in front of you. And I, and, I, and I got in trouble one time. I asked somebody, I said, well, in a fight, you're not standing in a line. And I was told I was asking the wrong kind of questions that my thought, I'm like, no, you're, you're not. And, and, and am I wrong for thinking that way? No, we, we say that that guy probably doesn't know the answers and the circle of guys that I run with, we make jokes and say, well, yeah, if the guy doesn't know the answers, you just baffle him with bullshit, right? So you just tell him all these run around things and mystical answers and, you know, they make up all these reasons of why they're making you do these things and some of it's, most of it's bullshit. Right? So, so, so your approach is a really kind of, you know, you have all the, the, these ways to implement these, these things people do for the individual and for the class. It seems to be your approach. Now, from a business standpoint, I got to tell you folks, like I've said this before and I'll say it again, uh, there aren't operating rooms this clean. Uh, every time I come in here, this place is spick and span and it just, uh, does good things for me because it says that you have a lot of pride in not only what you do but also the Red Seal name. So I kind of am curious, you know, where does that come from and why do you approach it like that? Because some gems aren't like this. Well, like I said, I grew up in a very traditional martial arts background where you weren't allowed to touch the floor, uh, floor with your shoes on. You had to have, you know, bare feet. You couldn't touch the mirrors. You couldn't touch the walls. You couldn't, you know, walk on the wrong floors with the wrong footwear on and so on and so forth. Um, and when I opened up originally, I was carrying that same traditional school, that same traditional name and running that same classical martial arts program. And personally, I was going out and cage fighting and doing some boxing and learning all these different different aspects of martial arts. When I started integrating some of those things in with the classical martial arts, I had some students that were purely classical trained and some crossbred kids that were almost like MMA kids where they had some traditional stuff but they had a lot of boxing, kickboxing, grappling and I watched them spar and almost beat the snot out of these kids that were doing traditional martial arts, trying to do these karate moves that were all fabricated in somebody's brain of, oh, this would be a good block and this will look, you know, fancy and this will flow like this and so on and so forth. It's not practical though. It's not functional. So now you've got some kid that knows how to box, beating up some kid that's doing some classical form of martial arts and trying to make these karate moves work that they don't work against that stuff. So, so I'm, I'm, a, I'm a veteran. I, I get out of the military or right out of the military. I'm serving in the reserves one week in a month in this area of the country, or you're, I'm a guy like me. You know, I, I'm a weightlifter, you know, you know that, and I want to give this a try. I want to I say, you know what, Sean, I want to come down to your training hall and, and get started. It sounds like I need a mindset of owning my training, inside and outside the gym, and then what else 
how would you tell me to get started if I wanted to train with you? Well, first I'd really want to ask you what your goals were in coming here to train because some people come here and think that they want to fight and quickly find out that they don't really want to fight that bad. They just want to train like fighters do and we can do that. So we have lots of programs that are strength and conditioning based but it's all sport specific to boxing, kickboxing, MMA style of training. We have bag classes that are again very cardio based, very sport specific to boxing and kickboxing. We have hit classes that are mixed with doing pads and conditioning at the same time. So it's like a half strength training, half skills training. And you can train with the fighters just like how they do. It's the same fight camps that they're doing, but you don't have to fight, you don't have to spar, you don't have to come to those classes. We keep all those things, like I said, completely separate. So, so let's use me as an example. Okay. I'm a, I'm a weightlifter and I'm trying to increase my weightlifting gain. And we're at a point where, okay, I, you know, you've lost some weight, you're, you're moving well, you're moving fast. Let's t what, what's going to take to get me to the next level? Well, I'm going to need to increase my level of physical fitness. So if I approached you right now, I would say, you know, uh, Sean, I want to get more physically fit. I'm not sure I want to compete in fighting because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm old and I'm trying to stay in one piece, but I definitely would like a level of knowledge and competence that I could defend myself or at least spar with somebody if I want to do that. Sure. So, no problem. No problem. I would for sure start you off with doing some pads and conditioning classes. I'd also push on you maybe a couple of hit classes once or twice a week to start off with so that you're getting that full hour of strength and conditioning. And I'd let you know that the way that this workout is designed, just because it's sport specific for fighting, doesn't mean that you won't have gains in your weightlifting because you're gonna become more flexible, which is gonna increase your range of motion, which is gonna increase your power. Yep. So little things like that, when you increase your mobility and your flexibility, it's naturally gonna increase power anyway. So guys that are doing weightlifting and that wanna lift more, we lift weights in here, just not the same as the way you guys do it. Right. You know, we're moving weight around. We're moving body weight around. We're doing a lot of things that are plyometric and they're used for explosive reasons that you could completely convert into that mindset of, you know, I want to become more explosive. I want to become uh, more powerful. And I'm going to increase that by, uh, by doing things that increase my flexibility, my mobility, my range of motion. Um, you know my explosiveness and obviously that would that would transition into not just throwing a, a strike and hitting somebody but you know also you know jerking and cleaning weight and putting it over your head and you know deadlifting and squatting and whatever you want to do. So one of the things that that and that sounds kind of how we'd have to approach this for 2020. One of the things that also folks I want to point out here and have you speak to Sean is you know, you can follow Sean on uh, Instagram and Facebook and other places that he has, and he's always showing class video work. And it seems like you have a very different culture than a lot of gyms. Not every, every gym's different, right? But you, each gym has their own culture. And one thing that's clear is whether you're a, a female or a kid or, a, you know, an alpha athlete or an older athlete like myself, 
everybody is working hard and encouraging other. It's very clear when you come down here and watch a class. Is that truly Red Seal's culture, and how do you how do you make sure that's maintained? I think it is, and I would maintain it again by the mindset of how things work in here and the methodology that we use, which removes all the ranking of you know this guy's a black belt and you're a white belt so you're an underling and he's an overlord and this thing and that thing you know and it becomes very you know people's egos get very big in those type of systems and those type of cultures and uh, typically you know they're mushrooms anyways they get kept in the dark and fed shit and you know they're big fish in little ponds and they never go out and go anywhere they never fight they never do anything you know there's so any boxing gym or kickboxing gym or MMA gym where guys are actually fighting and sparring and doing that work with each other typically that culture is really there anyways because there's no there's no rank everybody gets punched in the mouth it doesn't matter you know everyone fights together they bleed together they sweat together and you know we come together as a family because we know that we're helping each other out you know and we have a really uh common saying in here and i love to say it to people that are you know kind of not taking it easy but not working with people you know and i tell them hey listen dude you're not helping them by helping them right so everybody kind of gets punched in the mouth here you know not with malice not with disrespect but as a learning process to say hey listen dude i can touch you i can get to you you got to fix that block up and it doesn't matter if you're 8 or 80 and I would say to you about being too old that you're never too old I have two uh, guys that are in their 70s one of them Get is out. a um, uh, retired veteran uh, from the Navy who is in <laughs> Vietnam Get uh, out. really and he boxes with me every Tuesday morning never misses a class he does an hour private lesson and he's the nicest most humble man you'll ever meet uh, but he's a grinder and he's a, you know, I tell him all the time, he says, you know, you'll never get rich and famous with a guy like me around here, but I'm real glad you trained me. And, <laughs> you know, I tell him all the time, I wish I had kids that were 15, 16 years old that trained like you. Cause he just comes in every day. Doesn't, doesn't ask for a direction. Doesn't ask for whatever. Takes his lesson that we did on Tuesday, applies himself on the bag, does his footwork, does his work in the mirrors, does his shadow boxing every day, leaves meets me on Tuesday, does his lesson, continues working through the week. I see him in here. I walk in with my coffee. He's already in here, punching the bag. That's awesome, dude. That's awesome. So what I'm hearing is there's a place for anyone. There's a place for veterans. There's no reason to sit on the couch and feel sorry for yourself. And, and re regardless, I mean, I always consider myself a project because I'm not really what you would call a prototypical, you know, martial arts type build. But you're saying there's no excuse. I haven't found one yet. <laughs> that's cool man that's cool i i just think that it's it's great that you know you have this way for a, a veteran or a person to you know maintain a high level of physical fitness and activity you you have your your business route and something you're trying to do it sounds like for 2020 you're trying to move the dial you're trying to kind of expand yourself um you know not only in your business but also in a professional sense i think that's really amazing so one of the things we talked about um, as we kind of wind down is, you know, we had done some uh, podcast work together previously and you reached out to me about doing some more stuff around here. So kind of leading up to this is, you know, folks, what we're going to do, if I may, Sean, 
is when when Sean does a competition or has his, his classes doing stuff, you're going to see my face uh, doing some announcing work and some promotion work around that. Um, it, it, I'm very excited, and, and together I'm going to say this. Uh, I'm just pleased to say, Sean, I mean, it, it sounds like we're going to do some really cool stuff together in 2020. You're going to be my third sponsor. Yeah, it's going to be very exciting. Now, I'm just curious, of, of all the guys you can support out there, and I'm sure people ask you for stuff all the time, You know, what kind of led you to a point where you're like, hey, Trevor, I want to meet you and talk to you about supporting Oscar Mike Radio and what you're doing for veterans? Well, like I said, uh, you know, there's, there's no excuse for, for really anything. You know, there's no need to be kind of stuck inside or you know wallowing in any type of you know um, depression or whatever I mean there's so many reasons to get out and there's so many activities to get out and do things and you are a grinder I see you out here all the time you know doing different podcasts different guys different veterans and really putting the work in and I really appreciate what you do and kind of coming in at that ground level I think I was one of your first, first guys to yeah. kind of bring you in and do a podcast and do videos I think that was even before you were doing a lot of videos no, and all that way early in the process so um, I just like to see that you know it wasn't some fly-by-night thing that you did a couple of years ago and you thought you had a, a good thing going and you were hot you were hot and then you know it started to fizzle out and and, and you let it you let it go you know it didn't you know it it has up and downs and and yeah. and, and you're a workhorse and and i really appreciate that and i really see that you know you're doing what you're doing and you're you're giving back to the guys that you know uh gave so much for us and gave for the country and have you know uh continued to to do so and still continue to do so you know and we'll that see, are, we start, they need we a way out man they need they need some outlets they need some things to do and you provide that for them whether it's a uh, just getting in front of the camera or you know getting out and doing activities you know i think it's a really cool thing no man it, it really was a natural progression uh, uh it has been up and down, and it's kind of like fighting. Uh, it's kind of like weightlifting, where some some workouts I, I can pull a stump out of the ground. Some workouts I'm doing good to pick a paper clip off the floor, but it's it's the same kind of approach. And, and I, again, folks, his 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 approach to uh, training, his approach to people, his approach to how he conducts his business in itself is just like this was a no-brainer. It's the best medicine for everything, even if it's coming in and stretching with rubber bands. It doesn't have to be a full grind every day, meaning, you know, there are some days that, you know, you, you just can't bend over and pick up the paper clip, so to speak, right? But if you came in to your gym, you get into that mindset, or you go into the gym in your home and you get into that mindset, and you just stretch out, and you just make yourself feel better, just getting your endorphins going, just getting yourself moving, and just getting some of that, you know, brain fluid flowing through you, you know, and, and juicing yourself up a little bit, you now, know, some that's of your imperative. Merch, some of your merch has, there is no losing. Is that part of this whole concept of, of there is no losing as long as you're moving? Yeah, a little bit. That has a lot to do with it. Um, that, that, that little bit is uh, just the first piece of uh, a whole motto that we kind of go by here, and it's uh, there is no losing uh, because there's only winning and learning, right? So I love that. 
you go out and you, you have these fights and you compete with these people and you see all the time, you know, there's all this trash talking and all this, you know, gassing people up and doing all these big things and there's lights and cameras and promotional stuff and stare downs and all this, you know, mean mugging and big fight that happens. And then what do these guys do after? They cry, they hug the, the fucking each other, they kiss the floor. You know what I mean? Like it's very emotional. There's a lot that goes into it. There's a lot of blood, sweat and tears. There's a lot of mindset that goes into that pre-fight, having that fight. But then after that, those guys are sportsmen, yeah. right? They're proud of being in there with another competitor. And typically, you know, just in in life in general, you learn more from the lumps you take. You don't learn oh, yeah. from your successes typically. You know, I mean, obviously, if you're doing something good, you want to keep doing it. But, you know, when you lose, when you, you know, take those hard lumps and you take that step back and look at yourself and you take away from that, that L isn't a loss. That L is is a learning situation now. True, true, true. Um, to me, it, it's very similar to other other things I do. It certainly falls in line with what we expect from me and in, in, in weightlifting. Um, same kind of approach where you're preparing the whole body. And I don't know about you, man, but I, I, I'm I'm more motivated by the guy or, or woman or, or kid who comes in here and just does the workout and, and is trying. They might not ever be wearing a gold medal around their neck or a first place trophy, but those are the people that motivate me more than the people who are, you know, blowing up Facebook or social media with everything they did because they're trying. And it, it just, it's a culture you have here that it, it's refreshing. Thank you, appreciate that. Well, hey, look, you're gonna start seeing a lot more of Mr. Schubert and I in 2020 and going forward. It's just a real pleasure and honor to, to, to be associated with somebody like this. Yeah, we're very different people, very different backgrounds, but we have this commitment to each other and I, I've watched him train people, I've watched him train veterans. And if you're on the couch in the South Shore area of Massachusetts, you have no excuse. Get your butt down here, get signed up. You'll see me, you'll see him, and you will make uh, progress. And Sean, you know, if, if, if this kind of helps push me to the, the, the gold medal platform in weightlifting and also other benefits, it's just a, a fantastic thing. Thank you, brother. So this is Travis, this is Sean, Red Seal Martial Arts number 180. As I say in Hawk, we are locked through lunch. <laughs>